Once again, it is good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for this morning is on one of the parables. I have a, a friend of mine at Sportscom that ever so often, he asks me what my lessons are going to be every week. And so I'll tell him what they are. And we may talk about it for a moment. And, and uh, yesterday while I was there, he didn't come in, but he called about something totally different. But he happened to get me. And so he asked me, what are you preaching on tomorrow? And I said, forgiveness. And he paused for a moment. And he said, wow, forgiveness. If we could all master forgiveness, wouldn't life be a lot different? And it would be. Our lesson for this morning is on the parable of the unforgiving servant. We sang a song, and it was about the prodigal son. And that's a very interesting story in and of itself. But one of the key things about the prodigal son is that even though he had left home and he had done so many things wrong, his father still forgave him. And the father, representing God, shows us how to forgive. But sometimes we don't always catch the lesson that we need to learn. Our text for today is going to be from Matthew chapter 18. If you'd like to turn there and follow along as we go. And we'll use some other scriptures as well to look at the subject of forgiveness. But most, mostly, most of our text is going to come from Matthew 18. There's a question that was asked of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And you think of someone that does something wrong to you. And they come to you and they ask you for forgiveness. And then they turn around and do the same exact thing that they did before and ask you for forgiveness again. They do the same exact thing. They turn around they ask you for forgiveness again. And they do this over and over seven times. Eventually you're going to get tired of forgiving the same mistake, right? And that's kind of the, the essence of Peter's question. Well, if I forgive them seven times, have I done my duty? Have I done what I'm supposed to do? Notice Jesus' answer in verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Or depending on the translation you use, it may say seventy-seven times. Seventy times seven. Looking at it from a mathematical equation, which I'm not very good at math, but 70 times 7 is 490. But when we look at this, I think we're missing the point if we focus on the numbers. Because Jesus' answer goes well beyond any math equation. He's not saying 70 times 7. He's not saying 490 times. But logic tells us 
that forgiveness is not a number, but a response to offense. And if we focus too much on the number, we're missing the point of the lesson. So instead of keeping score, we should forgive all who have offended, however often they may have offended. Now how many of us would make a tally and count up 490 times? 70 times 7. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about forgiveness. And we would be wrong to miss the point. And then Jesus spoke this parable to really get at the heart of the question. We read in verse 23, as we look at the parable, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. They knew he was wrong. Verse 32, Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? Just as I had pity on you, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. The debt. As we look at the debt, there's a great significance in the amounts that are given. A significance that I think we miss because we don't understand the, the way that, that money worked back then. We don't understand the talent and the denarii and, and those, those terms. But just to give you an idea of the difference in the debts. The servant owed his master 10,000 talents. The fellow servant owed the servant only a hundred denarii. Now in comparison, not to get too deep into the numbers so that we get lost, but in comparison, one talent, just one talent, remember that the servant owed 10,000 talents, but one talent is equal to 6,000 denarii. 
fellow servant only owed a hundred denarii. Now, one talent in our way of thinking, in our numbers, in our money and, and value, one talent is equal to 1.25 million U.S. dollars. Now, now we have something to think about. 1.25 million. Multiply that by 10,000, and that's what the servant owed his master. Just thinking about this. You look at the servant, and look at, at a day laborer and what they would make. Multiply 1.25 million by 10,000 and you get some astronomical number that my calculator wouldn't even calculate. Servant would never, ever, ever have paid off the debt that he owed his master. There was no way that he could ever earn enough to pay off his debt. And yet his master was kind enough to forgive him that debt. His fellow servant owed him a very small portion of the same debt that he owed his master and yet he was unwilling to forgive. The debt of the servant to the master was much greater than that of the fellow servant. And so we see the master. He reacted with great compassion upon the servant and yet the servant was still unwilling to forgive something that was much less than what he himself had owed. The lesson. Now let's look at the lesson that we learn from this passage. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a small word but it means so much. Have you ever had a time in your life when you yourself were unwilling to forgive something that someone did? Have you ever known anyone that was apt to hold a grudge if you ever did something wrong to them? Forgiveness. Sounds so easy, but yet it is so difficult to put into practice. Now again, the numbers are insignificant. 70 times 7, if you focus on that, you're missing the point of the lesson. Because they're insignificant in comparison with the lesson given. What Jesus was trying to say is that God wants us to be a forgiving people. We look at the, the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6 that we had for a scripture reading. And just look at a couple of lines of that prayer. Verse 12 of Matthew 6 says, And forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us. Forgive me 
as much as I forgive other people. As long as I am forgiving, you forgive me as well. And verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. How many of us have sinned? How many of us have done wrong against God? How many of us have asked for forgiveness for those things? And yet we have to understand that if we are not willing to forgive other people, those things that we have done against God, which is a much greater debt in comparison to anything anybody could do to us, we can't forgive them. He's unwilling to forgive us. Not that he's unwilling to forgive necessarily, but if we are not a forgiving people, he will not forgive us. Jesus in warning of offense in Luke chapter 17 in verses 3 and 4 said this. Luke 17 verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Paul provides similar warning. In 2 Corinthians 2, verses 5 through 11. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment was, which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. Lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test. Whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom... You forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. We should be forgiven just as we have also been forgiven. Remember those sins that we mentioned earlier that we commit against God. It puts us in, in such great debt to Him. In regard to the cross and our obedience, this is said in Colossians 2, verses 11 through 14. In Him you were also circumcised 
with the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith, and the working of God who raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Go back to verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's the debt that we owe. He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. My sins, your sins, those things that you have done against God make us worthy of death. And yet, instead of being dead, we are made alive again. How so? through the blood of Christ, through His sacrifice on the cross. Having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, because we would be dead according to the law. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. There's another song we don't sing very often. Nailed to the cross. My sins are nailed to the cross. The law is nailed to the cross. Those things are taken away through the cross. Through His sacrifice, we read in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grave. We have redemption through the blood of Christ. We have forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. According to the riches of His grace. Grace being something that we do not deserve. And yet we receive through the blood of Christ. Now, remembering that you have been forgiven a much greater debt than anybody on earth could ever owe us. We need to remember to forgive others just as we have been forgiven. Let's look at the end. There's one more verse that we haven't read yet in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. Matthew 18 and verse 35. Jesus, He gives this parable of the unforgiving servant. At the very end of it, He says this, verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Going back to the punishment that was given to the servant. 
He was delivered to the torturers until the debt was paid. If we cannot forgive others here on earth, we cannot be forgiven of our own trespasses. We have to remember that we have all sinned. We have all sinned. 1 John chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 says this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. We are all sinners. We have all sinned before God. We are all in need of Christ's sacrifice. We are all in need of His blood. We are all in need of God's forgiveness for what we have done. None of us is any different. We're all in need of His forgiveness. And we read in Romans chapter 1 that a soul left in sin is also left deserving of death. Namely, one who is unforgiving. Romans 1 verses 28 through 32 says this, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them unforgiving unforgiveness is mentioned in this list those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. An unforgiving spirit is something that we may look at as a small matter between us and another individual. It's a very great matter between us and God. In conclusion, due to our sinfulness, we are all in need of forgiveness. And for this reason, God provided a Savior. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16.
God loves us. God does not love us because of who we are, who He created us to be. He doesn't love us because of what we've done, because we have done things that are contrary to His will, but He loves us because we are His creation, because we are His people. He saw our need, and so He was willing to give His Son as our Savior so that we might have forgiveness, so that we might have eternal life. It is only through the blood of Christ that eternal life is possible. Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14 He has delivered us from the power of darkness conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sin. Through the shed blood of Christ we have Forgiveness. Only through His mercy and grace do we have these things, not because we earned them. There's nothing that we could ever do to pay off our debt. Kind of like the unforgiving servant. There's nothing that he could do to pay off his debt. And the Master still forgave him. There's nothing that we could ever do to pay off our debt to God for the sacrifice that He gave and giving the life of His Son. But through that sacrifice, through the shed blood of Christ, we do have forgiveness. And likewise, seeing those that owe us a very small debt in comparison to our debt to God, we are to be a forgiving people. Is forgiveness something that you struggle with? I'll be honest, something I struggle with too now and then. I think we all do. But seeing what has been done for us should help us understand how to be forgiven, maybe a little more so than we did before. Maybe this lesson has helped you to realize some of the things that are wrong in your life. I don't know. Are you a Christian? Have you done those things in obedience to God's plan of salvation? Repentance, confession, baptism for the remission of sins. And have you continued to live a faithful life? Are you a faithful Christian? If you need to come, as we always do, we give you the opportunity. Come in obedience or repentance, whatever your need is, whatever we can help you with. We stand ready to assist you as we stand and as we sing.